Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's ambitious and it's achievable. It's ambitious because it will get us to 40% lower emissions by 2030 compared to 2005 and keep us on track to net zero by 2050. It's achievable because it goes sector by sector, cutting emissions and creating opportunity across the country and the economy. All righty, so there is the Prime Minister unveiling uh, part of the new climate change plan, this $9.1 billion plan to cut emissions in our energy sector by 42% in, uh, by 2030. And back in 2016, Justin Trudeau announced his government's target for 2020, which of course was a target set by Stephen Harper, and back then it was to reduce Canada's emissions to 17% below 2005 levels by 2020. And Trudeau was out there yesterday blaming Harper for not meeting targets, but but he didn't meet them either. No government has met targets that they set in this country for 34 years. So now he's going even further, but in order to achieve this new plan of, you know, reducing all of this in eight years, as Lori Goldstein pointed out in the uh, Toronto Sun, we'd have to shut down the entire oil sands, the entire agriculture sector, and electric sectors in this country, which, it, it, that's fantasy. It just is. And of course, missing from the conversation, and it's always missing from the conversation, is a role for nuclear energy, which is clean, it is green, it is affordable. So why aren't we talking about it? Dr. Chris Kiefer, president of Canadians for Nuclear Energy, has been talking about it for a very long time. Good to have you, sir. Nice to be back, Alex. Thanks for having me. You know, you would think that maybe when you see a country like Russia invade Ukraine and you see that energy is a security issue that we need to pivot, we need to be able to address needs and all the rest of it, um, that there would be this pivot within the government of its ideological uh, views on climate change and how to, to do what they want to do while making sure that we have energy security and Canadians can afford the energy that is getting increasingly more expensive. And yet they refuse to bring this into the conversation. Does it make any sense to you? You know, I think we would expect there to be energy literacy um, in a government that's that's planning a transition like this. And what this 2030 emissions reduction plan makes clear is that there is no energy literacy here. The plan le leans very, very heavily on hydrogen and batteries, right? Zero electric vehicles, et cetera. And we have to understand hydrogen and batteries are not energy sources, right? What we need to do is replace their energy carriers. We need to replace one energy source, fossil fuels, with another that's as good, as abundant, as on demand, as reliable as fossil fuels are. Maybe even a bit better, a little more energy dense, right? And that is, for all intents and purposes, nuclear energy, because we've tapped all of our great hydro resources and wind and solar are horribly intermittent. They're not reliable. We can't count on them. So this report is, is making a fundamental error, basically of, of physics and of energy literacy in confusing the two. Um, and, you know, as you're mentioning, at the same time, nuclear has been listed as a sin stock, essentially, by this government listed alongside gambling, mm -hmm. tobacco, firearms um, in their in their green bond framework. 
we have a lot of work to do if if we're seriously taking these climate commitments um uh, if we're taking them seriously we've got a lot of work to do and this is just misguided and it's not informed by just basic physics well, no, and missing from the conversation when you talk about re renewables or anybody in the climate uh, side talk about it is they, they don't seem to notice that it also has a carbon footprint. I mean, batteries alone have to be dumped into, um, you know, landfills. They've got a lot of toxics <laughs> in toxicity in them, uh, not to mention the way that they're mined and the child labor that are used for it, but uh, also renewables like solar panels. All that is made from oil derivatives, and, of course, we buy it from China. So there, there are issues with renewables, including clear-cutting of forests, all that stuff that doesn't become part of the conversation. But, you know, Stephen Gobol, the um, energy minister or environmental minister, was asked about nuclear, why it's not part of the conversation, and he kind of just shrugs it off, and I thought maybe he would say something, but it is very clear it's not an energy source that he believes should be part of the conversation. But if it were, Chris, like if it were, could it help achieve these, these you know, this big drop of 42% emissions? Would it actually be able to get us there? Well, I mean, nuclear is responsible for North America's greatest greenhouse gas reduction um, in the coal phase and in Ontario. And, you know, a lot of what this, this plan relies on, again, is things like uh, carbon capture and storage and decarbonizing our oil and gas sectors, right? And again, that requires a source of energy, not an energy carrier, right? And so, mm. you know, carbon capture and storage is, is something we need to invest and we need to understand better. But right now, the, it requires a lot more energy, right? You need to power the machinery that captures those emissions at the stack. And currently, we do that by burning an extra 10 or 20% more fossil fuels in that power plant to power that emissions capturing technology. You know, similarly in the oil patch right now, we're burning a lot of gas and even coal to make the steam that liquefies the bitumen so that we can access those petroleum resources. You know, we need a, another source of energy that reduce, that produces no CO2 in order to achieve that. Um, and, and that is nuclear. Um, it's capable of, of, of providing process heat as well as just electricity. So, you know, they're doing everything in their power to avoid a really obvious solution. And one that is, again, made in Canada, a 96% Canadian supply chain. Every dollar that we spend on nuclear generates a buck 40 in GDP for this country. So it's just, it's nonsensical. And what we're asking for is that this government makes decisions based on science, that it consults with engineers, well, that's what they heavy say. industry and scientists in order, like, it's just about the evidence, right? You mentioned solar, for instance, right? If we look at the life cycle emissions of solar energy versus nuclear energy, it's about 10 times higher than nuclear, right? Because as you're mentioning, you know, we have to make the polysilicon that's done in places where coal is cheap and labor is cheap or even forced over in China, for instance, right? Nuclear has the, especially Canadian nuclear, because there's some special things about it. We don't have to enrich our uranium. We use hydropower to mill our fuels um, and our ore. Um, it has the lowest carbon emissions of any energy technology out there. Right. And as I understand, you know, Germany, which was sh shutting down its nuclear um, reactors, are looking to bring them back online because they realize and they had to realize very quickly that they need energy security because otherwise they're reliant uh, on this deal they made with the devil, which is proving to be a real threat to their well-being. Um, so countries are looking at this. I just don't know why within the climate movement there is not a greater conversation about it. Is, is it within the movement itself that it's a, is there a, a us versus them, like a, a, those who approve of it or don't? I mean, why is there such a, almost a hate for or a resentment to nuclear? Well, you know, for me, it's very frustrating because, you know, I'm a climate hawk. Um, I have a three-year-old son and I'm very concerned about what climate change means for his future. And that, that's what motivates me to advocate 
based on the best available evidence, the science, you know, what we've achieved so far to advocate for nuclear. It's a strange thing for me to be doing as an emergency physician who cares a lot about, you know, a lot of other issues. Um, but I feel like I'm spending a large part of my time fighting kind of a rearguard action against people who claim to, to, to be concerned about climate yet are uh, avoiding the evidence of, of what is actually effective, avoiding looking at the science, avoiding even, you know, the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. You know, this is this is the sort of oracle of climate science. And it's saying in all four of its decarbonization pathways, its model pathways, that we need to increase nuclear by 100 to 500 percent. You know, and that falls upon the countries that have nuclear programs like Canada. We're a tier one nuclear nation. And we have, again, that mm -hmm. whole supply chain captured. Um, so we have a, a, even a duty um, based upon what the climate scientists are saying to radically upscale. And we need to because, listen, I mean, electricity is, is, a, is a fraction of what we need to work on. Transportation is 25 percent of our emissions in Canada. We're a big country. We have large distances to cross. Right. And the way to decarbonize that is largely to electrify it, right? The batteries are an energy carrier. We need to charge those batteries and we need to do it in a way that is uh, emissions free. You know, and it's estimated just here in Ontario that we're going to need to double or even triple our grid. It took about, you know, 75 years to build the energy infrastructure, the electricity infrastructure that we have right now. We need to double or triple that in about 28 years if we're serious about these net zero goals by 2050. So what we need is bold, bold action. We need a green bond, a big green mm -hmm. bond um, that that funds nuclear, right? Which is, you know, the most effect effective climate tool we have, given that we can't build much more hydro and given that it is the ultimate economic stimulus, because every dollar that we spend, because it stays in our communities, it provides high paying jobs, all the spinoff through the community, all the heavy industry, right from the mine to the power plant, you know, it's it 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 is solving two of our problems at once, you know, in, in an era where we're trying to recover from COVID in an era of hyperinflation and economic uncertainty. These are the kind of investments right. and the kind of vision that we need from government. Well, I mean, no question. I mean, the world has changed and it's changed since you and I have uh, spoken uh, about this. Um, but the bottom line is, uh, you know, it, it, money talks and green stocks have been so popular for so long. And even a lot of people on you know, Bay Street and Wall Street are walking away from them because after Russia invaded, it was like, oh, God, renewables are not the future. And so maybe the conversation will change. Um, if you were advising, I mean, the conservatives are going to have to come up with some kind of climate plan. Uh, you just can't run on um, a platform without one. Pierre Polyever has made clear, uh, and all of them have made clear now, that carbon taxes are not going to be part of their plan. Um, and, you know, you've got Pierre Polyever who will develop pipelines. But um, if they built a plan, uh, Dr. Kiefer, with a nuclear solution, would that sell? I mean, I think I think conservatives are very concerned about the economy, right? And and stimulating the Canadian economy. And you know, energy is the secret ingredient in everything. Conservatives are a little averse about taking a strong role for government to make interventions in the economy, but I would make the argument with something as strategic as energy, which again feeds into everything else, that they need to take a lead on this. Now you mentioned, um, you know, private capital ESG doesn't seem to have an interest in nuclear. Well, we had a really interesting experiment where Bruce Power, uh, which owns the largest operating nuclear plant in the mm -hmm. world, up in uh, in uh, Gray Bruce area, um, they issued a green bond themselves for five hundred million dollars. It was oversubscribed described by six times. They had interest mm. for three, 3.5 billion in a $500 million fund. So listen, if we can remove the barriers to that private capital rushing in to fund nuclear, it will happen. And the secret yeah. to building nuclear on budget and on time is cheap capital. 
And that's the role for government, because if they can provide a bond, if they can guarantee that investment, then the capital can flow in and we can build these, you know, this critical infrastructure, you know, that we need for the next, you know, 50, 60, 70, 100 years. And nuclear lasts, it endures. The, the Bruce yeah. power plant is going to be around for something like 80 to 90 years with these refurbishments. Yeah. Well, uh, stay tuned. I mean, the conversation is happening. It's just uh, going to think I take a little more time. Appreciate your time always. Thank you. And if I can just pop in, sign the petition, yep. www.c4ne.ca. Can you say that slower? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry w- about that. W- so the petition, like, the petition to pressure the government to uh, to include nuclear in the green bond framework, um, you can find it at our website, www.c4ne.ca. And that four is the number sign. So it's C- just okay, four C- C4ne.ca. Yeah. Oh, dot C-A. C-A. Okay, there you go. <laughs> www.c4ne.ca. I'm slow. I'm yeah. slow. Sorry. Petition's open right, for well, another week. We've got 10,000 signatures. You know, add your voice. Bring some sanity to this I will, debate. Uh, I will tweet it out. Appreciate your time. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. That is uh, Dr. Chris Kiefer, President of Canadians for Nuclear Energy. Uh, and, and it's real. Uh, he and I could not be more different about our views on climate, whatever. I, I totally agree with him. I just think this is a wasted and lost opportunity. And that we're not looking at it at all tells me that ideology is seriously uh, blinding our decision makers.